Beer is awesome, but sometimes the world of beer can be intimidating. As a team of four women with diverse points of view, from our cultures to our roles in the industry, we're here to share with you the real faces behind the bubbly, crispy drink we all love and, yes, really, all drink. Is there a way to kill vampires? How do you yeah, kill no, vampires? you can't. Oh my god, I just finished reading Dracula. I'll tell you how to kill a vampire. You stab it through the heart mm. and you cut off its head. And you, then, Easy. And then you yeah. stuff its mouth with garlic. Dark. Oh, I would roast it or just no, you just garlic flour. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and then also dump you can put uh, like one of those like into yeah, like just garlic powder. (laughs) Yeah, just baste it. (laughs) Oh my god, you don't want to eat that shit. Mm -mm. That's like, I mean, maybe if you got a fresh one, but some of these, well, so uh, (laughs) spoilers, Dracula dies at the end. And <laughs> what they do is they kill him and then he just becomes powder and dust because he's been mm. like dead for so long. He's just dust. And then he just like, whew. also, it's, God, that book is such a slog. I got to say, Bram Stoker, I don't know. I got a lot of notes. I got a lot of notes. <laughs> I right, love well. sitting here and watching Andreina's facial expressions. <laughs> listening to Sydney. I think this is like the best seating arrangement that we could have because I'm enjoying this whole situation. I'm just always like, wow, she knows so much about everything. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just can talk about anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean yeah, that I yeah. know a lot. Yeah. About okay. Everything. Fair. 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 <sighs> Man, you you amaze me. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Like, it just get me going. All right, let's start the All right, <laughs> roll the music. Let's start the pod. So, we're doing things a little different this time. We're going metacognizant. We're going deep in the pod. We are interviewing our very, uh, very own Breeze Galindo. Hi. Hi. Hi, Breeze. <laughs> I'm Breeze. Um, am... We're interviewing you yeah. because you have a very exciting project, something that you've been, um, has been uh, brewing for a long time. And um, I know I have a lot of questions. I imagine a lot of our listeners are going to have a lot of questions. And um, this, I thought it would be a good opportunity to get you to kind of open up talk about this spill the frijoles this is gold you guys this is great all right so tell us tell us what it is what's the secret what's this what's yeah why are you all cryptic on instagram yo oh yeah Yeah, breeze has been (laughs) breeze has been like slowly dropping in cryptic images and um and meaningful uh, uh, passages without telling anyone what it is for a long time even though everyone i think probably has figured it out yeah like <laughs> you guys see how it is on my ig think about how it's like in my dating life just dropping cryptic messages <laughs> um, <laughs> after my dates yeah it was fun i guess <laughs> i suppose yeah i suppose yeah that one i'll let you know in uh, three to six months yeah or just the dot 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 one and just never respond oh man all yeah. right that's a different episode, different episode. <laughs> tell us about your project tell us about this love of your life this love of my life yeah i'm so i'm starting this this next journey of mine i am i'm attempting at starting a brewery called miluna brewing Woo! yeah 
and I'll be, well, I already dropped the brand. So I'm going to start with brand building first, kind of get the name out there. And then, um, I'm already in the process of having conversations with contract brewing. And so contract brewing will be next. And then from that, being able to build enough capital and funding to break ground out here in Brooklyn with building a brewery out here. It's going to take time, of course. And, but that's the part of Miluna is it's not going to start off with, we already have funding. These are my partners. It's more of like, I'm just a brewer trying to start a brewery because I just want to see what I can do with, with what I have, which is not much, but I think I've worked hard enough and enjoy working hard to continue moving forward and see what else I can do and how I can create relationships and build community around this brewery so that it could, uh, I could be part of changing the industry, which is what I often talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why Miluna? I always thought about name, like different names. It's, it's all, since I started in the industry, I would always like play around with ideas. Like, Oh, if I were to open my own brewery, what would it be called? This is like really, it's on the cheesy side. So I don't, I don't like kids. Like I don't like them and I don't really like nothing. <laughs> I know. I like, it's one of my this favorite is, things about you. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna, this is gonna lead somewhere. I promise. But I always told myself like if I were to have kids, what would I name them? So I always thought like I would have a daughter and then I would raise her to be a warrior and she, I would raise her to just kick all kinds of ass, but I would name her Luna. Like that would be her name and that would be my daughter's name. And when building the brewery and knowing that I'm not saying that like, I don't want to have kids, but if I can financially afford one, I probably won't have kids. Like if I can financially you afford one, then I'll have. You literally just like one minute ago said, I do not like children. I would yeah. <laughs> just consider that. But it's like, I don't like kids, but it's like, I don't like, I, I mm. might only like my kids. Like my yeah, mom yeah, said, yeah. my mom herself, she says, I don't like kids. I just liked my kids. That's it. Oh, fair enough. So maybe, I mean, there's a lot to unpack Life there, but you know. <laughs> But if I were if I were to have one, that would be her name. And then I thought with a brewery, like, well, this is kind of like my baby. Your baby, yeah. yeah. And it's my baby, so I figured Miluna, and I wanted it to be one word, so it's spelled all together. And I wanted it to be one word just because I wanted it to be unique. I mean, given my name is Breeze, and mm -hmm. so I just come from this unique background of having such a weird name, Breeze Coral Galindo, and so I thought just put the name together as well. And I like the way that it looked as well when I put the names together and also trying to search for names on, you know, when you're starting an LLC and try to see like what's good and what's legal and making sure that the name Luna isn't used someplace else, which it was the name Luna is owned by this company in Georgia or something. And I couldn't use it. It's just this whole thing. So I figured me Luna would be the best one and, and it checked out and I, I was really happy because that's what I really wanted. And I thought about another backup name, but my lawyer said, this is what you want. This is what you've been thinking about. Just go for it. Mm -hmm. it it'll, it'll definitely work and don't worry. It, you, you won't have a, a problem with it. So, you know, what's cool is the Greek goddess Artemis is the goddess of like warriors, but also the moon and also has like a band of all female like hunters they're the hunters do you know that i know that the moon had a lot of like the the mayan moon goddess so it she's dressed the way that she's dressed she's kneeling down and she's holding a rabbit and she has a snake wrapped in her hair and 
a lot of what she is her definition is like really more on fertility mm-hmm. but i like how every culture has their own interpretation of the sun the moon the stars so i'm not yeah like i'm not i'm aware that mm-hmm. there is a meaning in er- everywhere but ever since being in a little kid i've ever since being a little kid, I've always been just attracted to the moon and I've always been attached to the moon. My bed was right next to the window. So the, the moonlight would always light up my room because I would never close the curtains. I always liked the natural light coming in. So the moon was kind of like my nightlight. And then whenever I would go to summer camp when I was a kid, I would be really homesick for my mom because my mom and I, we have a really great relationship. And she would always say, you know, if you ever miss me, just look up at the moon and I'll be looking up at the moon too. So, you know, oh that we're God. both doing it oh, together. So sweet. And then, so when I moved to New York, it was the same thing. She'll text me. She'll be like, are you looking at the moon? Cause I'm looking at it too. And I'm like, yes, mom. So the moon holds many meanings for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which is why I wanted to name my first kid Luna. And it just, it, it, for me, it, it signifies power, empowerment, beauty. I always say magia instead of magic. Maya is Spanish. Magic. (laughs) The moon represents so many things to me, and a lot of those things are what drive me. And um, yeah, and I love it. It's just, I feel like it's part of who I am. It's part of my identity, uh, my connection to the moon. Cool. Yeah. I love that you're doing this because whenever someone asks me if I want to open a brewery, I'm like, hell no. I could never do that. You're really, you're taking a really, yeah. You're taking a really big step with a lot of risks and i think this is so on brand for you actually i think uh i'm not surprised and i don't know anyone better for this for this type of brand and brewery and what you want to achieve and how you want to treat people um yeah i think it's going to be so incredible i'm so excited Thank you. I, I get that a lot. And even with talking to other brewery owners, it's like, oh, you don't want to open a brewery. I'm like, it, it, it's so, it's exhausting. You'll make no money. And it's like, I already make no money as it is. <laughs> and you're exhausted. And I'm yeah. exhausted all the time. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, um, why not, why not figure it out? Why not try and see what could happen? I take risks all the time. I, I left home not knowing anybody here in New York. I didn't know where I would land and it all worked out somehow, right? And I've been chewed up and spit out by this industry so many times that it's, I know failing doesn't scare me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, there's always something you can learn from failing. And and I don't think I've I've failed throughout my time in the industry. I think there were, there are many things that I've learned and a lot of hardships, but the, the, I feel like the experiences that I do feel that feel like failure, I've learned so much from them. And I feel like it's very much helped build this character that I have in this industry or what I've learned. And, um, like it's a big risk, but what if it works? Yeah. What if it works? What if, what if the way that I, I am planning this out and the way that I am establishing relationships and networking and the way that I'm trying to raise money, what if it works? And what if it's received well? And what if the beer tastes good? What, what, if? Is, what is the way? Yeah, like what if it works? What does it look like? What it, yeah. What does it look like? Um, starting, off, starting off not biting off more than I can chew 
knowing my limitations, knowing my, my boundaries. Everybody always wants to give you advice, which I always appreciate, but they know what they know. Mm-hmm. Right. So they'll give you the advice on what they know. And some advice has been go big, you know, just go big, give up half of your ownership and, you know, use that partnership to just go big right away. Um, and which I appreciate the advice, but it's more of like, I don't know what that looks like for me. I know what I'm comfortable with. Mm -hmm. I know what I can brew to start off. I know who I can brew with to start off. So for me, it's like, I know that I'm really good with networking. Right. So that's how I started off in the beginning is getting to know people and creating those relationships in the industry and building that trust and being able to have those conversations. Like, Hey, if I were to do this, what would that look like? If I were to start off this way, how would I go about it? What do you think if I were to do sales in this direction? Right. And then gaining that knowledge from them and just holding on to it and learning more about it. Right. And then the next step is, well, how will I be able to create a brand? I, the brand that I, and people keep, people keep telling me, so like, I've been told so many times, you have a brand, you have a brand, you have a brand. Mm. If I was never told that, I wouldn't think of it that way. Right. We're talking about craft breezy, craft underscore breezy. Right. And it's very overwhelming to hear that. The Instagram, it's, that's how I, that's how I met breeze. I met breeze on the internet. It's very in real life. Of it's course. very overwhelming to hear that because there's always this fine line of like arrogance. If you start to believe that you are a brand or that you are an influencer and I don't want to give off a vibe of arrogance with, with what I've been able to build on my social platform. The purpose of the, my social platform to begin with was just for me to document how I was doing this and putting it out there and, talking about what I've learned that day. I remember going back to like scrolling all the way down and just seeing me trying to figure out how to work a ZOM and thinking I was so cool because <laughs> I know how to like know how to use a ZOM. And where I am now, it's, I'm, I'm so proud of myself for being so proud of myself for just learning such a small skill because yeah. why not pat myself on the back for, for doing it? It was a big risk just trying to become a brewer in this industry as a woman of color back then. Right. And you guys all know my challenges and my experiences from those times and even now. And it wasn't easy. Right. So being able to build that brand from all the way back then till now. From what I'm told, I understand how that allows me to be able to reach other people outside of New York and outside of Los Angeles. And the people that have reached out to me throughout the almost 12 years now of having this account, uh, people from Copenhagen, from Brazil, people from Spain or even Italy, Midwest, reaching out to me, telling me that they've been following me for such a long time and they really enjoy my story and it's given them hope and it's given them the opportunity to also leave their job or try something new. And it's always great to hear those things because I'm just living in my own bubble, right? And so that's my brand. And now trying to attach that brand to a brewery, right? So... I know how to be authentic with myself and with the brewery. I want to be very authentic with the hardships of what it will be like trying to open this brewery. And so I want to always have this, this public journey for everybody to see how Miluna started because that's what worked for me when I started. And through that process, I want to be able to build a community within Miluna so that when Miluna 
hopefully when Miluna turns 10 years old, I'll come across, um, you know, a consumer who's a Latina and she's like, girl, I've been watching you since, since you started brewing and I've been following your brewery and how I got started. Like, I'm so happy to be here and to share beer with you to be able to have that. It's, if I can do that with my brand, why not also create that same authenticity with a brewery? I feel like with a lot of breweries when they start off, it's always like coming soon, you know, like location near you, like we're going to have, and it just starts off, boom, we're already open, not even building a connection with the consumer, not being able to Mm. build a relationship with their audience. So it's just, it's just beer. Right. But what if the beer had more intention behind it? What if the beer had a story behind it? And that's what I want to do with Miluna. And that's why it's important for me to show how Miluna started and how it's going to start and also how I'm going to get it there. And again, I, I could, it, it could not work. I, it could possibly fail. I could just fall flat on my face. At the end of the day, I still have the experience of being a brewer, so I can just go brew someplace else or right, I can continue right, right, doing right. what I do now, which is, I mean, I'm the director of operations for the Michael J. Jackson Foundation of Brewing and Distilling. So it's, it's, it's not just me and Miluna, it's me and the BIPOC community in this industry because of all the work that I put in as well throughout my time in this industry. I've, I feel like I've done the work in terms of um, starting a women's forum to be able to give women a platform to tell their stories, whether challenging or positive. I'm, I've been a board member for the Michael J. Jackson Foundation for the past three years, and just recently I've been voted in by the board to take on the role of director of operations for a foundation that benefits people of color for brewing and distilling. And I've also just been added to the board uh, based out of Chicago called Beer Culture. And I'm really proud to be a part of that board as well, which is a foundation that is focused on being able to tell the story of how beer started from the beginning. Mm. And I also helped start this podcast so I'm not just I'm not just a, a home brewer or a brewer who came out of nowhere to try to start a brewery. I'm a, yeah. woman, a woman of color who's who's been through it and is also doing the work to ensure that this brand is not just a brand. It's not just hype. It's it's coming from an authentic place where I want to very much change the industry not by myself, but by working with others and building that community. So once you start that brand and you start vocalizing that, and if I am the face of this brewery, this is what I do. This is, this is what I do for a living. This is what I'm really passionate about. It's not just the beer. It's, it's more than just the beer. It's, it's my beliefs of what I feel this industry should look like. And it should look like a very diverse industry and a very inclusive industry and an equitable one too. So with that brand recognition and being able to build that brand, I'm not going to walk out of here with $3 million. Like I, I come from nothing. I don't have a, what's that called? Um, a trust like, fund. I, they, I thank you. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have a trust fund. I don't have grandparents that are leaving me money. I don't have parents that are leaving me money. This is just me hustling since day one, working right now, f- working five jobs at the moment to just to pay rent in New York. And, but that's, that's, that's all I know. So it's not scary having to work five jobs and then also doing a podcast. It's not scary. It's not exhausting. It's all hustle is all that I know. And being able to apply that to opening a brewery. I know that I'm not going to come out of here with money in my back pocket, already buying property in New York. Right. Which is why I want to go 
I want to attempt a contract. I mean, I will go into contract brewing first to be able to get the beer out into accounts. And um, I'm already talking to a few breweries to be able to do that out here. And again, what I'm capable of, I'm not going to sign on with a, with a distribution company. I, I want to be able to pass out the beer. I want to be able to brew it and deliver it right out the gate. What's also unique and what's also unique about my brand, like how Zara's brand is extremely unique, is that the person that's selling you the beer is a woman of color who's also mm-hmm. brewing the beer and delivering it. So what I want to have on the can is like she brewed it so that she can build it. Mm-hmm. It's all about a journey <laughs> that you guys get to see mm-hmm. me go on and continue that and you guys are doing this with them you guys are watching you guys are observing this you guys are going out with me and having drinks and like talking to me about how things are going because again it's all about community for me and having those relationships as this brand and this brewery grows so yeah once uh, hopefully it, it works out well and it and I have I have confidence that it will because I'm not following the same formula that breweries have followed in years past because I'm how much confusion I'm causing everybody with how I'm slow releasing (laughs) uh, this brand but it's just my way of doing it but again what if my way of doing it works for me and um, and that's so as of right now a very rough way of explaining my thoughts and how I'm going to do this yeah um and so okay I'm just gonna ask like so you're going to contract brew when wh- and why why stay in New York like you're from LA mm-hmm. you clearly like uh obviously you've put down a lot of roots in New York as well but you talked about wanting to open a physical space you know eventually in New York City um I don't know I guess like why why here as opposed to going back home like what is it about brewing in New York that is like calling you I'm going to start off with a very cheesy saying. If you can make it here. You can make it anywhere. Mm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Truth be told, I, oh my God, I love New York so much. I just love it out here. And I say it all the time. And LA for me is, is my home. And New York is my heart. Or I can also turn it around. New York is my home and L.A. is my heart because that's how I feel. I've been able to build such great community here and be in one of them. And the I didn't know anything about New York when I came out here. All I knew was what I saw on Sex and the City. Don't judge me. And Oh, my God. Never. <laughs> I would never judge you for that. You. It's an excellent example of what New York City is. Exactly. New York City is a character. Exactly. On the show. Exactly. Yeah. When, exactly. When Carrie gets robbed on Crosby, that's probably the most representative <laughs> of New York City. Accurate. A- accurate, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but me being an idiot, I definitely it's bought true. very expensive heels. And, um, and I thought walking several blocks in Clinton Hill to Romans would be from... From uh, from the brewery where I was working, I thought changing there and walking in heels from the brewery to you're absolutely okay, well, that's, mad. I know. Okay, well that I that on a city no, bike that's after three blocks. That's and, where Sex in the City led you astray, exactly. Because they go everywhere in heels, and uh, first of all, you got to do that little weird flight run that Sarah Jessica yeah, Parker does. Yeah, or something. Or 
I, or to, I don't think anyone does that. Yeah, exactly. I'm so sorry that Sex and the City did that to you. Yeah. Because you cannot, you can't. I learned. I learned. But being able to experience New York in my own way, through my own eyes for the first six months until the pandemic hit, it was very (laughs) beautiful. And I've realized I had so much more to learn about New York. And the more I lived out here, the more I just fell in love with it and the people. God damn, I love the people out here so much. We're the best. Yeah. Are we? Yeah. It's, I just love it. And and whenever I go to LA, I go to LA to just rejuvenate because my family's in LA. My cousins are out there. When I'm out there, I, I barely see my friends in LA anymore. I just, I, 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 I ache to see my family and my cousins, my brother. I'm so attached to my family and I really wish they would move out here, but I know that's not the case because they can't handle this weather, but that's fine. But I, I wish they would be able to be out here. So LA means so much to me. Now on a, on a business side, my, what I want to do out here is already being done in Los Angeles and it's very saturated in Los Angeles. Mm. Right. And the, the format and, and how I want things to unfold out here again, already done and it's already happening. One of, and I really wish more breweries would pay more attention to the specific brewery that we brought on to this podcast and talk, but the way that I want to build this brewery the method is going to be very similar to homage in LA. What's so beautiful about homage is that it's Mexican and Filipino owned and they're going about it the way that they want to do it. Not the regular, not the expected formula of how breweries are expected to open in this industry. And it's, it's working for them and it's very unique and it's very unthought, unthought of, and then you'll start, and then you've starting, I'm starting to see how other breweries are starting to follow what they're doing right? Mm-hmm. with the DJ and the 12 ounce cans and how they're bringing those back and all the, of a sudden. Just like the very cool marketing and the art. Exactly. But really nobody does it like them. Nobody does it. You can it try to like much. copy that branding. You can try to copy that marketing, but no one's doing it. Exactly. Like them. And they're doing it on their speed, the way that they want to do it and the way that they feel that their brewery should be seen and how their brewery should operate. And so that's the formula that I want to replicate out here in the East Coast because it hasn't been done. And I, Robin said it earlier, when people don't come to the brewery just to drink beer, they want to come to the brewery to have fun. Mm-hmm. So when you create a setting where you allow them to have fun because you have those things there, whether it's like the music or yeah. food and the beer and the beer has a purpose and has a story and the people behind the bar are people of color and the people brewing are women and it's diverse and it's, of co- you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's a different, it's a different vibe. It's You're finally going to get your tacos in New York city. Well, she has to find someone that makes them the way that she likes it. Yeah. But when you, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I've had yeah. her say, I've taken Bree to get really good tacos and yeah, she's like, always, she won't admit that they're the best. Well, there's, maybe you import someone. <laughs> well, you got to import someone, but <laughs> You have to import someone to make tacos at Breeze's Brewery. Well, first, we need funding to get there. Yeah, that's true. If you're a taquero that can impress Mm -hmm. Breeze, uh, hit her line in like a year. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Slide into my DMs. But it's clear. But you've talked about this already that like it's clear that food and beer go together for you. Very like you're very serious about like the combination of the food and the beer. Because... 
my people we love to drink and we love to eat if you go over to a house like Mm -hmm. if you go to a quinceanera or like a kickback or something and and you're invited to the carnesada like when you roll up like my my aunt's gonna hook you up with some food and she's gonna give you a modelo like we love to eat and we love to drink and we love to party yeah right what's so wrong with that i can i can take you there i can take ayana there i can take Anne there you know i can take me Hello? oh you're i mean you're already yeah. there that's a thing <laughs> <laughs> you're already like, uh, there. what about me i want to go to the asada exactly. you're already oh my god my cousin frankie like aguachile he is like the king of oh aguachile. my god but being able to share my culture, my Mexican culture, my authentic Mexican culture out here, I want it so bad. Like, I, I want to mm-hmm. share it the way that I have experienced it my whole life. I love my culture so much, and I want to be able to bring you guys into my house, it being the brewery, and make you feel at home by giving you something to eat and something to drink Well. You know, we've got got a game of loteria happening in the corner. I just have all you these. You're going to love the I plans know. that I have. It's going <laughs> to be great. But that's why I want to do it in New York, because it hasn't been done. Beer and food in the tap room has been done. But the way that I want to approach it hasn't been done yet. And there's a need for it. And there's a demand for it. Because if you think about the breweries that are being owned, how many of them are owned by people of color? How many of them are owned by women, let alone women of color? Right. Or people who have mm-hmm. actually made beer before and have served beer and exactly done all that stuff yeah Yeah. and i feel like there is so much to gain from that in terms of experience and networking and getting to know people and community than the west coast or the midwest i feel like the west coast they are very much their own community their own like san diego Mm -hmm. la san Mm -hmm. francisco like they totally they're they're very much like their own island and the east coast we like we the east coast very much is more of a blend of other breweries because how close the east coast is to europe and having that access is also great because i would also love to have other people from different countries come visit Mm -hmm. something that i know and love not just from the east coast but also the west coast because i'd love to also continuously introduce west coast beer out here in the East Coast as well because of the relationships that I've built on the West Coast as well. There are a lot of great breweries in the West Coast. There really are. A lot of great breweries. Um, I guess talking about being around good people and good brewers and people that are supportive, uh, I think about this new wave of ownership in breweries. When I got into craft beer back in like 2013, 2014, there definitely wasn't any... uh, Black owned breweries are different. Definitely weren't brown and black people in tap rooms. If they were, they were, you know, I knew them and I hung out with them. Um, and, you know, I think about like Zara opening up her brewery mm-hmm. and just this new wave of yeah. uh, employers. Um, I'm interested to hear about after your experiences all these years of brewing and working with different people, um, how are you going to approach your brewery in the, w- in the way that? I guess the way you're going to operate it to make sure that it's always going to be safe for people. People are going to feel welcome. It's going to be inclusive. Like I already know it's going to be inclusive and all that jazz, but like, you know, sometimes as an employer, you're going to make, you're going to have to make that tough decision or you're going to have to maybe do something that may not please everyone. Um, I think you're very good at doing what you do, but I'm interested to see how you think, you know, how you're going to apply everything that you believe in uh, when it comes to managing a new group of people and, you know, opening up a new space, something you've never really done before, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, that's where that's where managerial skills come in. I remember being offered this lead 
brewer position for this brewery and I didn't want it. I didn't want this role at all. I said no to them three, maybe four times. And then I spoke to a, a mentor of mine. He was, he also worked at the brewery and I think he was, he had already put his notice in. So he was like on his way out, but I've learned so many things from him. And I told him over and over again, like, this is just not for me. There's no, I can't, I can't lead a team who doesn't want to be led by me. Right. And he's like, listen, you're going to own a brewery someday. So you need to learn how to manage. Mm -hmm. So even if you, even if you fuck this team up, it's good to know that you're going to fuck up a team on somebody else's dime, not yours. Mm -hmm. So take this job, take this position to learn how to lead or how not to lead. But you're the way, either way, it's a learning experience. And golly, was it a learning experience. On top of that, being a director of operations for a nonprofit organization allows me to work with the board. And it allows me to work with many other people with other uh, leadership roles that I've been taking on all these years. Mm -hmm. And through that, I've been learning how to do the hard stuff and having to have the hard conversations with my employees. Like, hey, I... I support you. I'm here for you. And I know you're mentally checked out, but I'm going to need you to, to pretend like you're doing work. Like I'm going to need you to do this yeah. because if not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to write you up or like, Hey, I've, I've told you several times you can't have AirPods in while you're working. And I've told you three times, let me catch you again. I'm going to have to write you up. And it's such a hard conversation, but it's like, if I'm there with you in the trenches working with you, right? Like uh, I'm, I'm working with you because you're working with me. You're not, work, you're not working for me. So if there's something that is going to come up where I've told you multiple times that like you need to stop coming late. There's got to be, a, there's a, there have to be boundaries there, right? You, you know, the SOP, you know, the rules, you've been here for a few months now. It's still, the behavior is still the same. You know, what comes after this? There's no, like we've been friends for so long. Also, I, I can't be hiring my friends either. Can't be hiring yeah, yeah don't hire your friends. Yeah. Uh, and once like what I've, and also resources, don't hire your right? family either. No, no, no that's no. like weird. No, <laughs> but I really want my mom to be there as like my support parent, my emotional support parent, just like <laughs> mom to sit there in the office with me and just, but I am trusting my current experiences right now in these leadership roles to learn from that at the same time, being able to trust that the resources that I have there will be able to help guide me in the direction of being able to have the, the right way of being able to run a company. The position that I've been in has put me in, a, in an advantage where I get to actually speak candidly with brewery owners, whether it's mm. female-owned or male-owned or if they're people of color, and being able to be really honest with them, like, hey, like uh, I've spoken to some of your employees who have left and they've been really honest with me about why they have left and we you and I, like we have a great relationship and you know, you guys are blowing up what, what happened and why and getting to hear their perspective and like them just being right. like, yeah, we've never, we've never managed it. We've never run a brewery before. We've never had right. brewery employees. Like we came from outside the industry and thought we could do this. Like, of course we're going to fuck up and, we're trying to make it right and be being able to take them for their word. Right. And if the behavior continues, blah, 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 then it's like, we have to make decisions where I'm like, not, not the best relationship to have. Right. I like to maintain relationships with those 
who are continuously working towards uh, building a more diverse and safe and equitable yeah. and inclusive future in this industry. So learning from them has also allowed me to, again, take those pieces of knowledge, those gems and keep them with me and know, I know how I don't want to be treated. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. Golden rule. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know that's something that I will not allow at all at all. But then I also get out of my, like I, I, I get way out of pocket where I'm like, and then I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to do like, I'm going to do like PMS, like PTO, where it's like, <laughs> if you're menstruating, you have cramps that's that awesome. you get like, I wish that off. existed actually. And I was talking to my friend who was HR. She's like, Oh no, 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 no. You can't, you can't do that. Like that's you'll get in a lot sex of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, and I want to offer like, if you're having like a bad day and just, you need like a mental day, like a mental, like self-care day, then like, you're going to have a pass to like a spa and it's just, no, no, <laughs> can't do that either. But it's being Yo, so. Your heart's in the right place though. Yeah. Your heart's in nice. the right place. But well, I feel like you, you have all those crazy ideas, no bad ideas and brainstorming and then you're like what's reasonable <laughs> but like definitely don't stop with the, <laughs> with the ideas yeah i'll circle back at some point but i i know how i i envision the brewery that i want to build and i envision yeah. the staff and i envision leadership and i envision just like a place where i'm not treated like shit anymore absolutely and i'm i'm doing what makes me so happy and that's brewing beer and i'm doing and I'm doing that while sharing that with the people who I want to see in these spaces, which is like people of color, because I'm, it gets exhausting not having to see people who look like you in spaces where you do all the work. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the big things and why I'm so passionate about Miluna, because it's a brewery that I want to build in this industry where we belong because we see ourselves in those spaces, you know? Yeah. It'll take time, but. I'll get there later rather <laughs> than sooner, but you know, all things take time. You actually are already walking the talk with working with people of color. I mean, like one of the first things that you told me about your project was that you like f sought out and found this team of women living in Mexico who helped you with your, um, the logo. Yeah, with the graphic oh, design. Oh, hell yes. So I'm it's very... Like, that's how you do it. You just find them. They're fucking out there. If my goal is to make it a very I, I diverse and inclusive brewery to empower women and women of color, then I have to continue doing the work to ensure that women of color get that spotlight and they get that platform. And so that's what my plan was with the logo and my branding. So I found... I, I was told of a branding company based out of Mexico City through this way like random way of this random like i met this small group of mexican small business owners outside of the industry through a dinner in the bronx and we all just all oh, became friends yeah Dawala. yeah it's a oaxacan restaurant yeah. in riverdale it's excellent it was and we met there just as strangers and we became friends and we have a group chat going and i told them what i was doing and that i wanted to work with Latinas to get this logo going and and uh, Karina she's the owner of Ceremonia Shop it's also on my gram and I'll I'll be more detailed about this when I launch the brand but she's like hey why don't like this is they're based on Mexico City like look into them and I did and I reached out to them and I was like hey so like 
I don't have any money and I'm leaving my job to start this <laughs> brand and this brewery, but this is what I want. And they were just immediately on board. They were so happy to have the meeting with me and they're like, don't worry, we'll work with you. We'll do payments, like we'll do payment plans with you, but this is something that's extremely meaningful and very impactful and we're in. And they were able to work with me for the, like the past three months. And, and what was so great about it is I didn't tell them what to do. We worked together Mm -hmm. to get this logo up. So it wasn't like, I want this and this and this. If I would be like, this is what I'm thinking, they would be like, from past experiences, this won't work because of this. We're thinking this. I'm like, yep, let's go ahead and do that then. Let's move forward. And the reason why it worked so well was because I didn't come from a place of like, I'm going to tell you what to do because I've never been in that ownership role. I've always been in a team working environment role. So I worked with them as a team. And I remember at the end of it, they were just like, we just really want to thank you so much. It's been so pleasant working with you. You're a favorite client because you always were willing to work with us and collaborate with us. And we never get that working here. You've been a dream to work with. Wow. Yeah. And, and so my plan is to be able to have this whole thing when I launch the brand to do a whole segment on working with Goodish, which is the name of the brand with the name of the brand company to give them the spotlight and be like, Hey, those of you out here in the U S if you're looking for awesome branding, check out this woman Latina owned and operated brand company located in Mexico city. Uh, and right now my graphic designer also, she's Mexican. Her name is Iris and we grew up together. Uh, and we went to, we went to high school together when we take the bus from like Inglewood to downtown LA together. And I remember like, I really need a, a graphic designer to get, these, you know, get this contact out, this content out. And I reached out to her. I'm like, Hey, here's the thing. Um, but also like, again, I have no money, but she's like, uh, uh-uh, girl, we're going to do this together and being able to have Iris do this and these. So like I'm already building this small group of creatives who are Latinas mm-hmm. in the beer industry. And I, I get to like, it's, it's not, again, it's not just about the beer. Mm-hmm. It's not beer for the beer industry. It's beer for everyone. That's why I say like cerveza para todos. It's beer for everyone because they drink beer. They, they're all about it. And starting off a brand like that and a brewery like that, it goes to show like I'm doing the work. It's I'm, and it's a lot of work and it costs money. And yes, I'm really broke right now, but you know what? I love eating cheese and crackers (laughs) for lunch and dinner. My girl Girl dinner dinner looks very different these days, but (laughs) you got to start somewhere, right? It is a, it is a risk. And again, even if this doesn't work out, I have an entire brand guide and manual of this sick, these sick ass designs of Miluna. And I get, I'll Mm -hmm. frame it all over my living room. Like this was the day that I tried to open a brewery. Look at how cool these designs are Mm -hmm. the end that's how i thought about it we're doing it we're doing it our own ways and this is how i'm doing it for the beer industry um one cry at a time (laughs) (laughs) if you're not crying you're not doing it right exactly oh no that's toxic (laughs) toxic positivity i I feel like crying can be a good thing because it means you're like trying really hard uh, i think it depends on the kind of person you are because i cry if you're a cancer Crying is never good. Oh, <laughs> it means that you're really upset. Yeah. I thought cancers well, just cried at everything, though. Yeah, I thought so. I mean, we do, but am I happy? Everything Every is bad. <laughs> if you're a cancer, everything is bad. Yeah. Well, on this podcast, <laughs> we've been known to cry. Yes. Yeah. We got um, another one, folks. Yeah. I was thinking that when she started to tear up. 
I'm I'm hoping that well what we're about to announce is that we're doing a live podcast. I hope that none of us cry on stage in public. <laughs> I yeah. hope we get our three guests to cry. I <laughs> don't we? want each no individually and each for different reasons. You know what I mean? Like yeah. one out of sadness, one out of joy, one out of anger. That's the goal. One out of fear. Fear. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. One because they're laughing so hard. Right. Yes. Because they're having so, so much, much fun. fun. And Strong Rope has invited us to host this live podcast at their Red Hook location during New York Beer Week. So we're extremely excited for this. We will be interviewing three amazing women in this industry. We're going to be talking to Rachel McDermott, owner and farmer of Dancing Grain Farm Brewery. Andrea Stanley, co-founder and maltster of Maltster Valley Malt. And Heather McReynolds. Northeast sales manager at Hopsteiner. Wednesday, February 28th at 7 p.m.? Day before Leap Day. Oh. Big, big, big year. year. Big, big day. Big, oh. <laughs> Leap Day. I love really the way is. you giggled right after you said that. Oh, it's just really <laughs> I knew that Sydney wanted to say it also. <laughs> So if you guys would like to come and join us, act like this, then please do. And if you have any questions, we can't help you with that right now. But maybe ask us that day when we're all there yeah. together. We're excited and nervous, but mainly excited. Very nervous. We're going to have to keep our drinking like at minimal. Two. I'm drinking Just, water. Yeah. Well, we have to drink a beer. Wait, do we know yeah, if people have, have to beer. purchase? Do we know if people have to purchase tickets or anything? Cool. No, no Free. Yeah. Free and open to the public. Yes. If it's free, yeah, it's, it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> All are welcome except assholes. Ooh. All are welcome except assholes. Yeah. If you're an asshole, look in the mirror. And if you're like, wow, I'm an asshole, Why? don't come. 